0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: We're repairing a completely broken Dynasty roster and talking about what to do with Joe Mixon on Roto-Viz Radio Welcome into the RotoViz Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Dave Cabin alongside Curtis Patrick. We are two of the owners at RotoViz. I apologize for the terrible audio quality here. I am still on the road, but the good news for everybody is that this episode we have Curtis back. He is wearing a soccer kit. Looks like he's got something in his hair. He's looking full on European here. I'm not even sure what it exactly is. The terminology <laughs> is for what you have in your hair, Curtis. What is that?
2: Uh, I mean, it's just like a it's just like a headband holding my hair back. I, we had uh, my son's U twelve uh, practicing. I've talked about that on here before. I, I'm a uh, I'm actually a president of our soc- president of our soccer academy here in our town, um, and then I also coach my son's U twelve team. So we we had practice tonight, getting ready for state tournament. And on Thursdays when we do scrimmaging, I like to get out there and uh keep the legs fresh man so i've just got my hair pulled back and uh yeah i'm repping the columbus crew uh tonight
1: nice all right well now that uh we have that behind us
2: well if we're gonna if we're painting visuals everyone should know that i mean dave has been traveling the globe for the last 17 days or something like (laughs) that and he looks um well-rested yeah, well, well rested and somewhat tanned compared to um, the last time we had face-to-face.
1: Okay, yeah. Well, I will tell you, I, I might look well-rested, but I am not feeling it. So,
2: <laughs> It's <laughs> the tan, man. It's the tan.
1: It's the tan, yeah. All right. We're going to start here with a Dynasty inquiry, and then we're going to talk okay. about Joe Mixon. All right. Because uh, Joe Mixon is a player I've been wanting to talk about. But this question comes in and uh, we like to field these dynasty questions because they give us a good context to talk about things in. I'm not sure if this listener that submitted this question has already been forced into making the decision, but we're going to break down what we would do. And I think, Curtis, of the teams that we see come in, this definitely is one of the more broken teams that we've seen.
2: Yeah, I mean, so I don't know if... I don't know if, you know, we'll call this guy Tom. Um, you know, I don't know if Tom's team is one that you know, he joined too many startups in one year and he just, you know, he couldn't weed the garden with this thing and he's kind of ignored it for a couple of years or, you know, perhaps more likely this is a a dynasty orphan. Um either way, you know, I think we can get into some tactics of of a, you know, what will likely be a multi-year rebuild with this roster. So, Looks like it's a sleeper team, start ten, super flex situation. Um, this is this is kind of like a mixture. This is like a hybrid between a traditional FFPC dynasty and a Rotaviz triflex dynasty. So you've got the start ten with the no kicker and defense, um, but there's no start three wide receiver requirement. There's an extra flex there. So it's uh, one quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers a tight end then you have three regular flex and one super flex and right now I mean Dave this starting lineup that's penciled in here pre-rookie draft I mean this is it's Joe Burrow and J.K. Dobbins okay we're looking all right we got Jamar Chase all right and then Traylon Burks and then nothing I mean we're looking at Rashad Bateman and we don't know we've got there we've got Zach Ertz We've got Wandale Robinson, Rondale Moore, Desmond Ritter. I mean, those are like the best remaining players on this team. So we have some really high-end stuff with Burrow and Chase. we got a couple of mids in Dobbins and Traylon, And just a whole lot of nothing. The bench, just completely barren of any talent or any dynasty value whatsoever. You know, the one blessing here is that this manager has the 102 and the 103 at the very tippy top of this draft.
1: Yeah, so there's clearly a lot of work to do here. Um, As Curtis mentioned, the first thing that I'm thinking when I see this is, this is not the type of team that we are turning around in a season. This is going to be a multi-year rebuild. Um, As this manager notes to us, There was a couple of things that he was exploring. Um, He was looking to offer up one or two of his blue chip players for 2024 picks when trying to make trades. Um, The best he was doing was getting things like Jamar Chase for the 2023-105 or Joe Burrow for the 2023-105 and the 2023-111. So ultimately, he felt kind of stuck into the 102 and the 103. Things that this manager was considering were taking Anthony Richardson and either Young or Stroud to get like the, a full quarterback grab or take Gibbs and JSN um, and then take one quarterback or one of the Gibbs JSN and try to strengthen multiple facets of the roster. They also noted that it's been very tough to make trades in this league. I still think though that Curtis, this is not isn't entirely lost. If you're going to approach this with a bit of a long-term strategy Uh, before you give us your breakdown, though, realistically, though, how many years do you think this team needs to rebuild?
2: If everything bounces correctly, you know, this team could be looking really strong uh, in 20, it it could be strong in 2024. You know, if, if, if everything goes right with these early draft picks, um, and we don't have any, you know, injuries, injuries or, you know, fall off in particular yes. from Dobbins. If, if Dobbins can be an anchor running back while, you know, we address some of the other areas on this squad, wide receiver, quarterback two, etc. And, you know, it looks like we've got a pair of seconds to work with here. We've got a pair of thirds to work with here. You know, if, if we hit on both this one oh two and one oh three, and then let's say out of those two seconds and two thirds, if we can get really lucky and find two starters out of those four picks which is, I mean, it's not likely, man, you know, realistically, you know, over the course of time, you know, you're lucky to get, you know, maybe one starter and then one rotational player out of four picks in those range. But let's just say we're going to be supremely confident. We're going to get two starters out of that four. Then by the time, you know, this team makes, you know, top half picks again in 2024, we could, you know, we could be cooking with gas there. So I think 2024 is the target to compete. And, you know, potentially have a monster, you know, two years from now.
1: Okay. All right. So with that in mind, assuming that this owner is locked in at the 102 and the 103, what do we think of the approach of using both of those picks on quarterback? My opinion would be that I would prefer not to do that because I am not confident enough that using those two picks really does enough to change the makeup of this team and push us us up into a point where we're competing. Now, one of the reasons for this would be that we know who the players are at this point and I'm feeling better for this team investing into some of the skill positions that are not quarterback right now knowing who those players are. It looks like you agree with me on that front.
2: Yeah, I mean, the fact that there's not a lot of engagement on the trades unless they're really heavily in the favor of the person receiving the offer I mean, we've really got to be thinking towards spending the picks versus, you know, making a deal that, you know, we can't afford to not get top value out of of these assets. So, you know, in drafting the two quarterbacks, the idea would be, you know, as one of them accrues some value or if you would hit on both of those potentially then trading Burrow um, to fix other holes in the team. But again, if if you're realistically not going to get value in dealing with the rest of the the managers in this league, that You know. This is—it's kind of a situation where, you know, you're a GM that has draft picks and can, you know, and can sign free agents, but you're really not making trades. I mean, this is going to be uh, a very internal rebuild process. So, yeah, i, I lean towards um, option uh, option two or three here, uh, or option three here, which is take one QB and one position player. When I look later into the second and third and just from my experience in Superflex rookie drafts so far this year uh, that I've been able to complete, you know, there's a lot of um, mid-tier wide receiver value that's been sliding into the second round. Also, some of the tight ends can get into that mid-second round sometimes. So you know, I think we're going to be able to take some calculated swings there. I think this team really needs that QB2 first. Yep. So I, I think you've got to go... You know, you got to swing for the upside here. And I would take Richardson. Um, I would take Richardson with one of these picks. And then, you know, you have the flexibility between Gibbs and Jackson Smith and the Jigba. Because you don't have the start three wide receiver requirement. The worry would be is there's there's a couple reasons maybe why I would prefer to go JSN over Gibbs here. Um, given this team context. One if Gibbs, is, if Gibbs is too good, we could play ourselves out of like a top two or top three pick next year when we know we still have a lot of additional work to do and we're not going to be able to trade Gibbs for value to rebuild the team. You know, we're just going to have to live with it. Like, I don't want to get pushed into purgatory because, you know, I have a strong running back core when my wide receivers are, you know, not ready. Now, that being said, if Gibbs, you know, ends up being what, you know, Blair has suggested in his multiple articles and you know, he, Blair, Blair's got me writing about Jameer Gibbs lately too. It's like, you know, if he hits that Christian McCaffrey type outcome where he's getting 100 plus targets, then we're not going to care about all that. Like he's going to this team's going to skip two steps in the building process if he really is that good. So, you know, let's put that off to the side. You know, with Smith and Ajigba, you know, Sean and I were talking about, you know, post rookie summit you know, maybe he's just good enough that he's going to displace Metcalf and lock it. You know, even though they've been really solid, they're, you know, one of the the better wide receiver duos in the NFL right now. You know, JSN's age, you know, maybe he's the wide receiver one there by, by middle of the season. Um, and when you think about having JSN with Jamar Chase and then let's say Traylon Burks actually does become a thing. Now you've really got a nice wide receiver trio there. They're all young. You don't have to worry about addressing that position forever. And then you can continue to just make dart throws at running back through waivers and through the, the later rounds of your rookie drafts, you know, this year and next year to fill in that RB two behind Dobbins. So part of me thinks that JSN and, and Richardson are the, the right pairing for this squad. Um, you've got Antonio Gibson on this bench. You know, there's a chance with Eric Bieniemy now there and Washington that he will view this backfield a little bit differently than his predecessor. Sam Howell's going to be the quarterback. You know, this is going to be a different type of offense um, this year. And so, I'm leaving the light on just a little bit for Gibson. So, I like the idea of taking J.S.N. and Richardson here uh, for this team. Do you do you agree, or would you go Gibbs uh, instead of the receiver, and would you maybe go Stroud or Young instead of of Richardson?
1: Yeah, this is an interesting one. There's a lot of different avenues that you could take. I am definitely most drawn to the idea of going with the quarterback and then either JSN or Gibbs here. Uh, one of the things that I'm focusing on as I think about that is in this league, you actually don't need to play that many starters. As a result of that, I do think that these two guys who are both going to get you know, instantly injected into this roster can make a pretty big difference, work towards getting you back and competing. Now, I definitely understand the upside case for Richardson. I do think that there is more of a downside case for him than there is for guys like Young or Stroud. Um, But I think that if I were in this position, I would still go ahead and Richardson would be the quarterback that I would take because it could make such a seismic shift for this team that I think it's worth it. then in regard to the positional yeah, players. Yeah, let's
2: let's let's pause there just okay. on that for a second because you know the other thing is if if Richardson hits and now I've got Richardson and Burrow both giving me you know maybe Burrow's given me 3 to 4 points a week on the field and let's say Richardson gets like that Justin Fields outcome he's a thousand yard rusher. Yep. on the turf. Um you know now he's given me 4 to 6 points a week on the field. You know now being weak at those last two flex positions, it doesn't matter as much, man. You know, I've really cr- you know, there's not a big difference in, in Dynasty wide receiver forty-eight and dynasty wide receiver thirty-two and what they're doing for you each week. You know, it's a it's a you know, it's a point or a point and a half and it's guessing the spike weeks right, you know? And so having having those two elite anchor quarterbacks is a way to fast forward. And then the other thing is in the event that Richardson whiffs He's not, you know, in year one, he's not going to totally lose all of his value. I mean, we saw Justin Fields kind of whiff in year one. We saw Jalen Hurts kind of whiff in year one. People are still very interested in Superflex because of the mobility. But if you play through, like in a productive struggle type scenario, you play through with Richardson this year and he does totally flop. I mean, you're right back at the top of the draft for Drake May or Caleb Williams next year, you know? So that's the right. other thing I'm thinking about. Is if he is as rough and raw as they say, and it takes some time, you know, it's not the end of the world. Like you could end up in a situation where you know you've got those really valuable picks again, you know, next year as the the rebuild continues.
1: Right, and I might feel a little bit differently if we saw Stroud or Young land in a situation yeah. that made me feel a little bit better about them. And then final final thought here is going for the two quarterbacks doesn't really do a whole lot for you. Because even in the best case scenario, as you outlined, Curtis, where they both hit, it's not really doing a whole lot for this team. Um, in between, in the decision between Gibbs or JSN, I am more inclined to go for JSN because I'm not quite as sold on the idea of Gibbs being this, you know, um, transcendent yeah. running back, at which point... Because, you know, it really he could be very good, but in what amount of outcomes is he CMC? You know, pretty, I don't know, if pretty low is the correct term, but it's definitely not, you know, close yeah, I mean, to the majority. Yeah, I
2: it's, mean, it's, I mean, there, McCaffrey's like a unique player in NFL history. Like, yeah. And he was, he was unique in terms of his college production in comparison with Gibbs. You know, there's a couple, you know, rebase things that, you know are comparable but just in terms of the raw stats like i mean there's no comparison so right. yeah i agree i agree i mean he keeps showing up as a sim but it's like you know it, that's just because like gives his usage and play style as far closer to mccaffrey than it is like look blunt right <laughs> you know what i mean like right. you know he's not going to compare to you know or, you know, yeah, a 225, 235-pounder. Exactly. Yeah. Right. There's yeah.
1: there's only a certain group of players they're going to match. and It's not surprising you're yeah. going to see McCaffrey, but that doesn't mean that he's yeah. going to be him. So as a result of that, I think that JSN is the piece I want to pull in and have as this core of, the, of this team that I'm trying to rebuild. And then, as you mentioned, too, next year, it seems likely you're probably going to get a pick, two. um That's going to be useful as you're kind of reshifting things around.
2: Dude, next year, I mean, if Richardson hits... And this team ends up not being a top two draft pick team next year. I mean, let's say you're at that three or four. I mean, you might be get you might be adding Marvin Harrison Jr. to this squad on top of, you know, a a Richardson hit and JSN and Jamar Chase and Traylon Burks. Like, you know, that's why I'm saying, like, twenty twenty four, it's not unreasonable to think that that this team hits. Now in the second, you know, in the second round, Dave. Um, just to, before we tidy this this one up, this segment. It looks like we've got a couple picks, you know, 204 and 209, I think is what I'm seeing. The, 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 pic, the picture is really small. Um, but 204, I mean, we could see, you know, Zach Ertz is the top tight end on the squad. We could see Michael Mayer or Sam Laporta yep. available at 204. So now you've got that developmental tight end uh, that you can plug in there. We've also seen plenty of situations where Marvin Mims, uh, Rasheed Rice, you know, you can get some wide receivers in there. And then toward the end of the second round, um, you know, we could be looking at, you know, an early hit, an early pull on, you know, Chase Brown, Kendra Miller slides there sometimes, uh, you know, you're going to add some interest and some intrigue to this roster. You know, the other thing that you could consider is if you draft, uh, you know, if you draft Richardson and maybe you just decide, I don't need Desmond Ritter on this team. I'm just going to live or die by what Richardson does. Maybe you can trade Ritter, you know, for a very late first and add a player like, you know, Devin a chain or, you know, an upside running back to give you something to go with. Maybe uh, that yeah. would work uh, with, with Dobbins. So I, I'd be looking to move pieces that you don't think are going to become elite, even if you don't get that full value because of the, you know, the micro market in this league, you know, that those are the types of, of things that I'm, I'm looking to do. Ritter's pro- I mean, Ritter's probably the only player that carries just a tiny bit of trade value in a, in a league like this that you could move and,
0: and do something with. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
1: Sure. Okay, so I think we've covered that pretty well. Uh, What I want to talk about right now, or who I want to talk about more specifically Mm. here, is Joe Mixon. I have been entering into a plethora, Curtis, of puppy drafts alongside those BBM4 drafts. And I am seeing Joe Mixon go around RB21 in these leagues has me thinking this is kind of an interesting development i went back to the nfl stat explorer i pull up joe mixon's 2022 season to see if maybe my memory is off now of course there was that monster 55 point week which helped him out against carolina in week nine still though you see mixon finish at 11 overall in total ppr six in ppr per game he was also third in expected points per game and was inefficient coming in at 116 in fantasy points over expectation per game. As we mentioned before we started recording, Samaj P. Ryan is no longer there. He vacates some targets. If you look at this depth chart behind Mixon, they did go ahead, they drafted a rookie, but behind that there's Chris Evans, there's Travion Williams. There really isn't any running back behind Mixon that I feel is going to be threatening him. As a result, this feels like a fairly similar situation for him. You could say at least to last year. So this is a pretty big disparity between where he finished to where he's going now. Uh, what do you think about this? Is this an overcorrection? What is it really correcting for, and how do we feel about this? You know, you can break down from a redraft perspective first, then we can talk a little bit about dynasty.
2: Yeah, I mean. I, this is one where you know I understand, you know, pre NFL draft. So let's rewind to like the underdog big board. You know, their their early best ball tournament or the way too early, never too early FFPC best ball tournament. I can understand people kind of really being skeptical there. You know, Mixon had a high cap hit. You know, he, you know, at, at another legal incident, you know, he pointed a gun. Uh, a woman allegedly um while driving uh, he did end up pleading not guilty of that and uh you know it was a misdemeanor charge anyway so from like an NFL disciplinary perspective may or may not have actually even led to something even if he had been convicted but you know I get it like you know mixon's had this stuff kind of he's had this stigma um you know he's kind of earned that reputation you know dating back to college and you know there's some people that just don't really like to have players like that and then it's just like you know really again you can't mature so i understand maybe some people that's part of why he'd been ignored early on and then the cap hit and then you know the fact that early on in the process it was looking like this running back class was going to have quite a few players drafted on day two you know the Bengals are one of those teams that had you know kind of the luxury um of, of being a team that's so close to winning a super bowl you know would the front office say Now let's just move on. Let's, 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 you know, lick our wounds here, cut bait with Mixon after this inefficient season and, you know, run it back with a rookie or, you know, make a trade for Dalvin cook. Like let's just totally switch this out. Um, But, you know, now after the NFL draft, like they didn't spend a day one or a day two pick. Samaj P runs in Denver. So the other big body back that was actually capable of handling major volume, like he's gone and they spent a fifth, not even a fourth rounder, a fifth rounder in the NFL draft. So, I mean, I know you mentioned, he, you know, kind of seems similar to the situation going into 2022. I mean, I actually think he there's more distance between yeah. Mixon and the other backs on the roster than there was last year. You know, like Piran had kind of been building up this resume and, you know, it resulted in him having 50 plus targets and you know, quite a bit of carry share last season. But now, I mean, that's gone. I mean, this is year five for Travion Williams. Like, I I get that the GM, you know, they want to sniff their own farts sometimes. Like, I mean, it's year five, like for a running back. Like, most running backs don't even make it five years in the NFL. And Williams has still never done anything other than contribute on special teams occasionally. So I don't really buy that. I mean, and Chase Brown, you know, he was really elusive. But, I mean, Mixon's got a really... I mean, he's got a really substantial resume here of, you know, being a guy that can really stay on the field, um, you know, 45 plus targets in four out of the last five seasons, 75 targets last year. And now with P Ryan's vacated stuff, I mean, th- you know, he's walking in here with the opportunity for a hundred plus targets this season, even if one of those other backs does get some of those receiving looks and, you know, the goal line touches that that P Ryan did end up getting, I mean, Mixon in 14 games still had seven touchdowns. So if he just plays a full season, you know, you figure he'd at least take that up to nine. Then you add in all this other receiving work. He doesn't have to be efficient. I mean, we know opportunity is the most, you know, that's the biggest driver of running back production anyway. And we, I'm looking in the NFL Stat Explorer here for Mixon. I mean, there's like 900 different things you can look at on a player in this awesome tool. I'm looking at his fantasy points over expectation per game over the course of his career. He was negative 0.8 per game last year. Well, guess what? 2019 and 2020, he was negative 0.8, negative 0.9. It's like, you know, he returned to the level of efficiency last year that we had kind of come to know of Mixon before his awesome 2021. It's like he was so good in 2021, so efficient, so much of an outlier versus the rest of his career that when he just returned back to kind of what he was before, it's like we're like double penalizing him now. Yep. And it's, you know, if you look at him and it's, you know, you said you wanted to do the redraft thing first here. So I'm looking at the underdog ADP and, he, and he's, you know, running back 21. Like, let's just think about it for a second. How different exactly is the situation for Joe Mixon versus Saquon Barkley? Like, how different is it?
1: It's not that I mean, different. You, he's on you, a better team.
2: He's on a better team with a better quarterback that's probably going to score more. And, you know, he has a better track record of health throughout his career. And, you know, both teams invested a day three pick in a running back. Like, I, you know, Saquon's got a, a 16.2 ADP. You know, Mixon's got a 64 and a half. I think there's a couple things going on that have really driven this down. You know, one, it's the legal stuff. You know, two, it was the pre-draft speculation that he would be gone or they would draft somebody high and now we just haven't adjusted the community has not adjusted to the fact that that did not occur and then this other thing is everyone's wide receiver and elite quarterback crazy in in bbm4 so far this year and so you already see it earlier you know earlier in the adp chain that you know not like running backs that really shouldn't be dead zone are dead zoned um this year and and so them being pushed down pushes Mixon further down it just doesn't really make sense man i mean i get it if you don't like the guy but he's probably the best running back value in the whole tournament right now he should probably be going in front of Najee harris at 38 7 at like the latest even if you want to be like the conservative thing would be to be taking him at the the three four you know, turn here in the RB 15 range. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's great. We have a running back here that is going late enough um, that you don't really even have to do that much to try to get him on your team. Oh man! And his chances of outplaying where he's going are very, very, very high. And he, he still, even if he were going at like running back 14, like Harris, there'd be some upside there.
2: Yeah, and I mean, th- then you start then you start looking at, like, the Week 17 game with the Chiefs and, like, you know, everything that, you know, correlating there. <laughs> and, you know, he really sets up as, I mean, if you have, like, a later round one pick then you, and you just reach by a half round, take Mixon at the end of round five, um, you know, just so you, I mean, if you have, you know, if you have the 112 and, and you want to take him at 6-1, you know, that's fine. But, like, let's say you have, like, 1-7 and, and you go like Kelsey Mahomes, and then you take, you know, a couple wide receivers you could go, um, you know, you could go Metcalf or, uh, Amari Cooper, you know, people in that range, or if you want to do the burrow thing instead, you know, you could do in the first round, you could take you know, the first running back in that range, you could go like Austin Eckler, follow that up with the receiver. You go Joe Burrow in you know, round three and then whatever wide receiver of choice in round four and then come back with Mixon as your RB two in late round five. Like you can build a team that might seem impossible by August right now. Seriously, yeah. Now so time that, to do so that's, you know, and I mean, I'm really going, you know, and probably further in the weeds than we need to, you know, on this topic, it's really, we just wanted to highlight whatever you think about Mixon, his role, his situation, it's, it's, he, he's vastly underpriced um, beyond reasonable conservatism.
1: Right. This feels like one of the biggest mispricings that you're going to have the opportunity to take advantage of all year.
2: And, and the other thing too is like, you know, getting into the dynasty piece of it, you know, I'm looking at the dynasty ADP app. We've got all these Rotovis, Triflix, dynasty um, drafts that are in here now. Um, you've got to get in there and play around in that tool and you should be joining dynasty startups on FFPC. We've got, you know, I'm proud of this man. Like we created this format a couple of years ago and it's just overtaken ffpc it's by far the most popular dynasty product they have we got hundreds of these leagues floating out there now and it's you know it's our brainchild it feels awesome um but you know you look at joe Mixon at running back 29 you know he's going at 110 and a half in these startups he's 26 years old like he's going to be 27 in july you know i get it you know he's older start makes sense to start pushing him down but I mean, he's still, even then, he's going two and a half rounds behind Derrick Henry. You know, he's going behind Miles Sanders. I mean, he's going behind Miles Sanders. Like, he's going behind Miles Sanders, Dave. Like, he's going behind Aaron Jones.
1: Okay. You know, who's in a multi back
2: system without Aaron Rodgers anymore. And he's older. You know, he's going behind David Montgomery, who's in Detroit with Jameer Gibbs. Yeah. Like he's going behind James Cook, like he's going behind Isaiah Pacheco, Dave. Like,
1: yes.
2: people, like, I i don't, un, I just don't understand it. And you know, maybe this is like intertwined. People see the redraft and they see the uncertainty there. So they're like, I'm not investing in this guy in Dynasty, but you know, Dynasty, you're playing basically in a two year window anyway. And if you, if you, if you look at it longer than that, you know, you're probably more of a playoff team than a, a legitimate, you know, championship level team every year anyway. But, it just right. doesn't, you know, other order backs too, like Nick Chubb, who doesn't really catch passes, similar age, actually older. You know, he's RB15, 68 overall. Davey's going four and a half rounds earlier right. than Joe Mixon. Like, so in Dynasty as well, Mixon is just an incredible value and in particular, in that dynasty format over on FFPC, you know, even if you're not in a position where you know, hey, I can't add more leagues, or you know, I'm just not seeing the price points that are for me, I've, you've already got some leagues on there. Should probably be kicking the tires on some Joe Mixon and Dynasty. Um, this isn't a, this is a pretty good value situation here.
1: Yeah, and I mean, what the, the, just the thought I'll offer on Dynasty here is I think that uh, what you're probably going to get just in this coming season. Is enough to justify him going well beyond where he is, even if he's at that point where you're expecting that running backs are start, you know, going to fall off. I still think he's got that one year in him. This could be good enough to to make it worthwhile.
2: I mean, he's going, Dave. He's going ten picks before Ty J Spears in dynasty. Like, listen, like Ty J Spears is a late day two pick behind Derrick Henry. Yep, and Joe Mixon is probably staring at three hundred plus opportunities for a Super Bowl contending team with yeah. joe burrow at the helm and he's 26 like i you know this is just this one's wrong you know hopefully you know we've come at this one from kind of pretty much every angle but you know right now i would expect you know to if people are listening you know we really should see a spike of at least a half round on Mixon next week in bbm4 drafts if you know and if we don't i mean we're just going to keep hammering him Yep. Uh, and, until until things adjust. And, you know, if you make a deal for for Mixon after listening to this episode in Dynasty, we want to hear what that is. Um, we'll share it uh, with the listeners. You can um, point your trade to Dave or I on Twitter as well. Um, and we'll, you know, be happy to interact slash congratulate you if you're able to land them at a value.
1: <laughs> All right. So we will be back next week. I should be finally back in the great state of New Hampshire. And... Uh, you know, we'll have better audio quality and we will talk to you then.